Geek Shock. Geek Shock. It's, That's it, like the like greatest it. name ever. <laughs> I just love that fucking name, Cave but it, Johnson. But it's from uh, Portal Two. It's it's uh, voiced by J.K. Simmons, and if you you look it up on YouTube, there's a clip of him talking about when life gives you lemons. Tell him you don't want the damn lemons. Tell him to take the lemons back. God. Command to see life's manager. I can barely remember Portal Two. Did you have it? I was actually yeah. It's a great game. Can I borrow it? Uh, is it on Xbox? Yeah, it should be. Cool. Yeah, you're welcome. Is it in the, it's in the orange box, right? Yeah. Ooh. In fact, I think it's called the orange box. Nice. I no, that. I meant Portal is part of the orange box. Yes. But right. Yes. Okay. It's in the orange it, box. It crosses that's, over. That's in orange. Crosses over. Um, crosses over. With what the hell's the other game it crosses over with? Um, uh, is that that guy that doorway talks to the dead? Threshold. No, the one with Black Mesa. Um, Hole in the wall. Uh, Half Life. Half Life, it's called Half Life. Half Life, that's what it crosses oh, over. Okay, <laughs> same same creators, uh, same universe, same it, universe, not the same creators. Is it really? Yeah, mm-hmm. same universe. Yep. yep. Hmm. But created by a whole different team, small team of people. Mm-hmm. A whole different team. Yep. Different. Different. Better. A whole smaller. Different team. Yellow. <laughs> Yellow. <laughs> Better. Smaller. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Game Shock number 486. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact-checked Andy. And we're here to talk week and geek. Yeah, we don't have Matt. Matt is in Florida. 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 I told him he can't come back unless he brings me a Porg. And curiously enough, John Bean Hastings is out there at the same time. But both of them are on tight schedules that neither one of them has control of, so they'll never see each other, unless the fates allow. And meanwhile, John is on the itinerary. If you ever have a chance to go on the itinerary, absolutely do it. Apparently, first thing you need to know what an itinerary yeah, is. Yeah, yes. Explain. His wife, Terry, she knows oh, the she, Disney property so well and researches it so ther- uh, 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 thoroughly, she actually will plan an itinerary where they can do things like 19 attractions all in one day. No lines. No, stand on line for no longer than 10 minutes. Oh, no, and, no lines. Uh, oh, I, I've, I've been through this. It's called going to Disney World with Deb and Barry. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> as big a fan as Bean is, Terry is even a bigger fan. Yes, yeah. and she's very organized. All so right. she, very I, mean, I went out organized. to Disneyland with her and John and a couple other people for John's 40th birthday. And the kids were much younger at that point. And I said, uh, well, not much younger, but younger. Uh, and I said, I'm glad you got this schedule worked out to every 15 minutes because I'll be able to find you guys when inevitably I fall behind because I've got kids that aren't going to keep up with the schedule. <laughs> and damn it, if we didn't keep up with it because she had it all worked out and she had like break time worked in. She had like she had, like napping in a lobby at some point that was worked into the thing. It was just brilliant. <laughs> she is a genius. It's amazing. Uh, it reminds me of when I used to go travel with a friend of mine named Eric. In fact, Eric now has his own travel YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But when we would go traveling someplace, he would have everything planned out as far as even what restaurant we were going to, mm-hmm. and he would know what he was going to order before we left wow, at every single place. That's really deep. Yeah, he would look at their menu and say, I am ordering this when we go. Does Eric need a partner? I'd love to travel with Eric. <laughs> wow. Eric, Eric so, is amazing. So, so yeah. what happens wow. when they do the inevitable, I'm sorry, we don't have that tonight. It's sold out. He'd make no, it no, work. No, oh, no. Okay. He, he pulls out and goes to plan B. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. He probably has like three meal selections pregnant? all plotted out. 
how do you how did well, sorry how'd you get there plan b is a birth oh. control after morning after pill okay Dude. there's got to okay. be a bring in the funny yeah. folks bring in the funny let's air some dirty laundry and then bring the funny <laughs> for god's sake gentlemen what geeky things you do this week <laughs> I have uh, been watching a lot of Ash vs. Evil Dead. They mm. finally dropped the final season on Netflix. Happy? I love it. It's it's fun. Theming is still sm- spot on with the movies and the first two seasons. I just I can't say enough good things about it. It's so much fun. It's uh, it's only ten episodes though, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, they I'm, weren't huge seasons anyway. No, yeah, they were they were they. Were, it's like 10 half-hour episodes, uh, so it's it's an easy, quick binge if you were a fan of Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. It's along that same vein. Three, It's only three seasons long. Each episode's about a half hour, uh, sometimes a little less, but I think the, like, the maximum one is like 35 minutes. Yeah, you can, you can easily get through a season in uh, you know, a weekend. They are not episodes that the whole show doesn't take itself seriously, which is wonderful. Oh yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's just it's that same bizarre humor that you've grown to love, and Bruce Campbell does not miss a beat. I mean, he is Ash Williams all the way through. Even when you start having the little touchy, heartfelt moments, it's frequently broken by his witty sense of humor. So mm. anyway, in true Marvel style. Mm. Definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to watching that third season. Um, uh, we went to Free Comic Day, which I'm sorry we didn't mention to everybody last week. We should have. Uh, we also didn't mention two weeks ago was um um blah, blah, blah. The convention was in town. We all completely missed. There was a convention in town oh, yeah. two weeks ago yeah. that we missed. Yeah. The uh, Vegas uh, something. One of the video game ones. Um. Level, oh, uh, level, level up, up expo. Level up. Level up was two weeks ago. And like nobody, yeah, we just I, been slacking. I went to level up last year, and it was fun. But it's definitely shifted more towards a convention that are for fans of anime, yeah. anime cosplay. Uh, we had a and we, the occasional video game. We had a an old Star Trek friend uh, post pictures, and all of her stuff was cosplay of various. Mm. Various right. forms. It is very anime folk. I, I I felt lost when I was there last year because I literally did not know over half of the characters that were being cosplayed, yeah. although, nor the stuff that was being exhibited in the booths. Although last year they did have live professional wrestling, and they had it again yeah. this year. Oh. So I would have gone back for that because that was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh-huh. I actually avoided that last year when I was well, there. I, I did because because Bonzo is one of the producers of that wrestling oh, show. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot he does that. Did you feel like a dirty old man with all? No, the, oh, I good. just, I just. Yes, yes, you did. There was a lot of a uh, lot of vendor booths, like so much so that you didn't really know where you, the the show floor was beginning at right. certain points. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just I didn't intentionally skip it this year so much as I was just like, do I really want to spend my only day off to go do this? Mm, I don't have time. Yeah. yeah. I still remember that anime con Andy and I did years ago. That was so weird. At uh, uh, Cashman. Yeah, Cashman. And we really did, we're, we were waiting for security to turn us over to right. Metro. 
because oh. there were so many 11 year old girls in lollycon outfits and that's what everybody was selling and all that and we were just like and we were Cashman's, easily <clears throat> easily 30 years older than yeah, we in there. Cashman center was also where level up con was yeah. this year. and and we're just we're just standing there feeling like uh wow Wait now, don't give wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. Level up was at Cashman this year. It's been at Cashman for the last few years. No, it's been at Las Vegas Convention Center. I thought that's where it was. Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, that's right. Two years ago. That's where I was. <laughs> well, you look that up. I'll discuss uh, free comic. I did free comic book day light this year, which was weird. In previous years, I've actually you know called you know when I was working at the uh, newspaper, I would you were covering up, it. I would call up all the comic shops and find out who was open and what they're going to have going on there. And obviously, I didn't do it last year because I was fired and. Uh, uh, this year it kind of just the whole month snuck on. Oh shit! It's, it's, it's beginning of the month again. Yeah. Free, free, so I, we just did Ralphs and uh, alternate reality. Might have missed it entirely. Uh, I don't know about Andy, but I'd have missed it entirely if Major Meh hadn't texted us like the night before. No, no. I, I, comic book day. And like oh, oh ah, blah, blah, blah. See, I did alternate reality and cosmic, and that was good. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, I took Frankie with me and uh, bought her the first graphic novel of Umbrella Academy to read. Fun. So yeah, we'll yeah. see how she thinks because she loved the uh, the Netflix series. So I'll be curious what she thinks about the comic. Um, I picked up some good comics. I have not read them yet, but I'm really eager to, and I'll report once I've read them. I assume the free ones you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I what did I pick up? Well, I picked up I picked up another copy of DC Deck Building for a friend because what? Well, which one? DC Deck Building. Deck, okay. Yeah, because okay, he talk, did. I tried to buy it for a friend when I was visiting him in California, and like none of the shops in California had it. DC Deck Building? Yeah, it was weird. You know, there is a little antique mall over here on... You're going to have to beat everybody on this podcast at this point. Mm. At Pecos and uh, and Reno? Okay. No, Pecos and uh, uh, Russell. Pecos and Russell. And in there, there is a booth that is selling used board games and they have not only dc deck building but a bunch of its expansions as well oh i'm going over there and for fairly cheap yeah it's a fun little uh antique mall pecos and reno pecos and (laughs) russell (laughs) russell um it's where the cook shop used to be great pizza place uh and it's like a a defunct there's a defunct vons and a whole bunch of dying shit there, so I I bet that's what. Well, it's a uh, it's like a twenty four hour fitness or something now. That's yeah, the, where the uh, bonds used to be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. the uh, calories in, calories out. Same difference. Yeah, but they got the little laser tag place in there with yep. the with the indoor mini golf. Used to have Psychic Eye Bookshop. You know? Oh, I know, I know Todd's that, I, big. I, I know what we're talking about now. I drive by that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'll drive by tonight. Me. Yeah, it's uh, we will. Yeah. yeah. Last time I went to a Psychic Eye bookshop was to buy a walking staff so I could make Paul the staff of the Mogwai uh, for Christmas. Wow. That, oh. that was the last time. These are, these are a weird sort of Walden book sort of psychic stores. I mean, I used to go to a place in New York called Magical Child where they, you know, there was a shelf in the back with monkey bones and human skulls you could buy. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, they didn't have that. I mean, That's that, definitely Todd's jam. Yeah, this is, this is the, the ones here are more like, you know, the... Uh, the uh, the, and the, the, same, the same rider deck of, uh, yes. of tarot you could get at wet uh, borders. Rider white. Uh, borders. Yes. <laughs> I said borders. Barnes uh, and Noble. That brings me back to my old borders theater days. Borders and Barnes. Mm. What else you do this week, guys? I uh, rewatched Winter Soldier. 
And uh, what brought you to the Winter Soldier's doorstep? I just have. Oh, I, I only saw it the one time, and uh, he peed a lot. Yeah, Endgame uh, brought it to my head, so I watched that. I rewatched that, and then I watched right after I watched the uh, Agents of Shield that was released the week after. Oh, okay. That. So yeah, it all kind of flows drive. together. Yeah, that was such a weird transition too, because yeah. the first few episodes of that season one of Agents of Shield were good, but they weren't great. And then you have then you find out like after Winter Soldier happens that that's why those first few episodes were just so so soft. They weren't like like hard, I, fast action. I semi I semi agree with you. I th- I think the it definitely gets better after that point. But I, I thought I thought it was perfectly fine before that. It wasn't like buff first season of Buffy bad. It was just it just got much much better. Well, they were and, they and, were hamstrung by the fact that they had to wait until Winter Soldier dropped before they could really get into what they wanted to do with the series. Is it? I mean, do you know the backstory of that or is yeah, that? it's it's all over okay. the internet if you want to look it up. Um, I mean, that's such a weird, brave thing to do, and I'm sorry for the spoiler here on the, what are we talking about, six or seven-year-old show now. Yeah. Um, but that episode we watched was like episode 17. So they had established a character you re- character you had really identified with. You were sort of following the story through his eyes, and then at the end of episode 17, turns out he's Hydra. Yep. It's like, holy crap. And the way he offs... Uh Victoria Hand, right? Who's been there for yeah. a few episodes, and then it's just like, yep, that was just something. Now, was that the last time in uh, Agents of Shield where the MCU proper really affected that show? Directly no. affected, yes, yes. But they do reference what's going on in the cinematic universe frequently. In fact, uh, there's uh, when Age of Ultron goes into. Uh, well, I should say the very opening scenes of Age of Ultron, the final scenes of one of the episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is Marie Hill and Coulson talking. And she, uh, he, there was something he was looking for, and I can't remember, I don't remember the specifics of it, but I remember him going, it's like, it's time to assemble the Avengers. And what came out of the end of that episode was what happened at the beginning of Age of Ultron. So even though you didn't need to watch that episode to get it. It did, did feel like you were more prepared for it if you had watched it. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a whole thing where people were glowing orange and blowing up that you had no idea what was going on, and it yeah. showed up in, um, what was that in? Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3, yeah. Iron Man 3. And out of, yeah. Extremis. Yeah. Um, but the next season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. drops very soon. Yes. And uh, according to something we saw this afternoon, it's supposed to take place a year after Endgame. Or yeah. after, not after Endgame, the year after the snap. So it's going to be in that, that weird five years where half the people are missing. All right. What else did you do, true. guys? Uh, what did I do? I did something. You didn't watch uh, um, Critical Role, or did you? Uh, I, I started the first uh, hour of it. Uh, oh, it, well, I could go into my disappointing moment there. There is that. Oh, tell me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. Tell all of us. <laughs> um, uh, Vernon and I were a little drunk, and we're joking around and talking uh, about something. And um, he mentioned uh, we're talking about Battle of the Planets. And at one point he goes, ah, thank you, Casey Kasem. 
who was the voice of Mark, the the leader right. of the team of the Gotcha Men team uh, for the American version, and then we just talked about you know uh, having Mark do and to, on today's top forty we will, and then I was like, oh my god, dude, you got to get the Kasem meltdown because there is an audio meltdown where Casey Kasem actually goes into a rant and loses his shit. Right, because it wasn't done live. He's recording the whole week's He's show. He's recording, yes. and he... And did for 40-plus yeah. yeah. years. He loses it. He's just like, why are we going from this... Th- th- I got to go from the slow roll music right into this goddamn sad story about a fucking dog. Oh, I it's, heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was upbeat. like, dude... I got to go from upbeat song to a story about a fucking dog dying. Yeah. And, and it was like, dude, you got you to gotta loop that into Battle of the Planets. And he's like, huh? And I'm like, have Mark go on a rant and like he's talking to Zark and you have, and we started just brainstorming it. And uh, I gave him my, my Battle for the Planets, uh, Battle of the Planets DVDs. And he watched episodes, select clips. He spent like two days editing and looping and prepping this video. And he put it up and nothing pretty much but now it's gonna be on the lair because we just talked about we put it on the lair put it on the lair well it's on the lair still (laughs) (laughs) steve biggs liked it Mm. and i was just like so then listen it's that stuff on youtube it's hard to find that stuff dude i put it into facebook Uh and people were not responding what was the fuck? Oh, God damn it. I'm not prepared for this. There was a fucking joke. There was some joke about farting or something that Vernon put on Facebook. And within 10 gashes, minutes, gashes anomalies we had. Gashes a, no, he didn't put on a video. It was just some joker no, meme right. or something. Listen. And, and there were 20 likes instantly. But this video that he worked on, on the concept that we had brainstormed, Two likes after like eight hours, no fucking responses, nothing. I even on the 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 one joke that was getting a response, I was like, really, really, all the work he put into that video, no likes, but here you guys are. Already we're at twenty five. Well, yeah, there's nothing to click and have to watch. Yeah, and you're upset about everybody liking your toilet cosplay instead of that. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, okay. The toilet. Yeah. I, I saw this thing on the internet. Somebody took uh, a toilet roll and put it in between the lid and the seat and then put two oh. rolls like eyes. And it looks like a frog with a cigar. I put that in the bathroom. Vernon went in there. He laughed, came out, got his phone, took a picture of it, put it on the net. Ten minutes later, 25 likes. Sure. It's visual. But, but, but Casey Kasem losing his shit as, as Mark from Battle of the Planets and... Just like Steve Biggs. Thank First you, off, Steve. How many people out there listening didn't realize that Casey Kasem was the voice of Mark? There's, there's that. Oh, and show then, hands. How many people out there know what Battle of the Planets is? Oh, you know what? Just, just, just stab me. <laughs> there's no stab stabbing. me in the heart. That's like when, 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 when Addy, when <laughs> I, I ever so slight, I might have piddled a little bit on his parade uh, in. Uh, on Twitter, because when he put out that insatiable, you know, his Dayshire, uh, mm-hmm. or he pronounced it Dayshire, I think. Yes. Uh, book uh, dropped, mm-hmm. I believe. 
Um, he's like, insatiable. I'm so excited. And I was like, Marilyn Chambers classic. Oh, damn it. And then. Chirp, chirp, chirp. I think it was. I think it was a frog you serve was like, oh, he put up, you know, the elegant cat sitting at breakfast and, you know, it has the, I think today I shall blah, blah, blah. He puts up elegant cat going, I think today I shall watch some vintage porn. And I'm like, <laughs> vintage <laughs> Marilyn <laughs> Chambers, vintage. Oh, very, yeah. very much so, I'm afraid, porn. my friend. Yeah. I hear vintage That's porn. That's a I see Black and white sepia toned images of no of, of that's Devil Miss Jones. No, vin- this vin- does vintage, <laughs> vintage porn has hair. <laughs> so do they, dude. The whole hairless thing is a modern phenomenon. I'm just saying the vintage porn has hair. That's oh, so, oh, that's why Marilyn oh. Chambers. Oh God, yeah. I think you, I think you've hit on it. That's yeah. the demarcation. That's yeah, right there. If they've got pubic hair, right. it's vintage. Yeah. I have a signed picture of Marilyn Chambers somewhere. I got to find it. Yes, you have to find it. (laughs) I think I have a picture with her somewhere. Oh, I'm glad everybody's got their vintage porn pictures. (laughs) It's good. Save those. I went to an actual porn movie theater to get it signed. So you know. Oh wow. Yeah. I think she truly earned it. I did. Wait a minute. Was this here in town? No, this is back in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say. Because do you remember the story of when she she was in town? She. at a real sleazy place called Showgirl Video. Okay. And there, uh, do you remember this story? Nope. You remember Showgirl Video. Right. Okay. <laughs> it, was on, it, was, it was back in that section of LVB that was mm-hmm. really... So apparently she was doing her own little show, you know, a strip show, whatever the hell it is show. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was someone in the audience who was having a birthday, and she gave him a blowjob for his birthday. Well. And they busted it, and she actually had to go to court and everything right here in town. Damn. So, I don't even know. I think she got off. I think she got off, but I actually don't know what the, uh, the decision was. But yeah, that, that it that, wasn't actually that guy's birthday. Yeah. So back in the relatively <laughs> early he days, was a plant. Back in the I'll rel- blow this mm. petunia. Nice. <laughs> back in the relatively early days of my marriage, I went on a triple date with my wife and a couple of our friends and a couple of their friends, and we started talking to their friends, and it turned out that uh, I'll, I'll give them names here of the of my friends. So this was Clinton, Clinton. Uh, what the hell was her name? Anyway. Eh. Quint, Quint, Quint used to babysit their friend's monkey when she was out of town. Actual monkey. And so as we're talking through the story, it turns out that... I'm scared at what the porn <laughs> connection is. <laughs> it's direct. Uh, I realized that... She, you know, eventually realized that she is a stripper. And that she's the performing... Monkey? The woman, the oh. woman of the other couple is a stripper. And that the monkey used to be in her act. And when she said that, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the woman that got busted several times at the strip club in Berlin, Connecticut for lewd acts with a monkey on stage. <laughs> it's a tiny little world. Did you did you say that out loud? I did not. The filterless. Andy. I did not. <laughs> you managed to use your inner monologue. Wow. To change. He probably froze. He was just like. Oh. Eh, uh. That's yeah. I think that might have been the first stripper I met in the real world. 
So that might that might have been uh, you know the first stripper where money wasn't involved. The first stripper where, I was, where she wasn't at work. I think it might have been the first off-duty stripper I met. So well that you know of that I know of. Yeah, of course, that's right. She didn't flick right. that light, light on. Jeff is Jeff will tell you they're sneaky like that. No, no, no. Back in back in the days I'm talking about, you could always sell strippers because they had the glitter on them still. Jeff, Jeff, back in those days, not in the days he was talking. Not even going to comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, god damn it. I did something. I watched something. I watched something, Andy. Yeah, you did. I don't know um, what. And I, I read a few things. Um, I even... Oh, there it is. You found it. I remember. So, very bored. Oh, hurting oh, bored. Like, oh, okay. physically hurting bored. Bored? And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Amazon Prime and see if... Uh, See what's on there. Um, I've been interested in trying to find the Jack Reacher, you know, the Tom Cruise Jack Reacher movies. People have been saying some good things about them. Yeah, they're fun. So I was, I wanted it, but you know, they're nowhere. So I'm blowing through Amazon Prime. Two thousand three hundred motherfucking thumbs as I'm just swiggy, 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 and I see, and I, I just, I, I got this weird tingle, and I'm like seeing Death Stalker, Death Stalker Two. And I'm just like, oh, man, those weird 80s, 80s uh, sword and sorcery picks. And then I come across the warrior and the sorceress. And oh, wow. Like, oh, that's cute. And then oh, the warrior wanders the land of the planet Earth, blah, 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 starring David Carradine. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> David Carradine? Oh. And then I scroll down a bit. It's a Roger Corman joint. I'm like, oh, this is, you know what? I guess I am this bored, and I hit play, <laughs> and it was your classic. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I didn't, I, I had not realized this fully, but apparently, a lot of those old '80s, like Death Stalker and and Warrior uh, Sources, they're all Corman movies. A lot of them he made in frickin' Argentina, like this one. And so I'm watching a movie, and there's David Carradine in his dark poncho walking the desert and then he sees a smoke trail on the horizon and he walks to the village walks into the village and sees a group of armed very weirdly armored thugs surrounding a well and then he sees a priest of a temple and he walks up to the priest and he's like what's going on here and the priest is like oh well the thugs they you know they they control the water really yeah hired by zeg the oh. the, 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 the the evil warlord oh and he goes and across that way see that other gate that's balkaz's his evil no his uh his deadly rival and i went oh, fuck he's doing yojimbo and i watched this Dollar budget sword and sorcery done on a dime fucking uh, uh, movie by Corman starring David Carradine, which was a sword and sorcery yojimbo. He plays off either side. He goes and he works for them. Then he works for the other. He uh, even has a scene where they capture him, beat the shit out of him, and he has to escape by crawling under floorboards which is a classic moment from Yojimbo, which I believe is itself a classic moment from Red Harvest, which Yojimbo was inspired by. <laughs> so, is, what's Red Harvest? Is that a... That's a, that's a, a Chandler uh, pulp uh, novel that got turned into a film noir. Gotcha. And then they made a Western, I think. And then with, uh, with... Uh, Eastwood's... 
what Eastwood's is the movie? What's the movie? Uh, Fistful of Dollars. Oh yeah. Okay. And yeah. So um, yeah, and I was just like, holy crap! And you know, and it was it was classically bad, but it was it was actually fun to watch. I was like, I haven't enjoyed a seriously bad movie like this. <laughs> You know, I mean, Hawk the Slayer has heart. Mm-hmm. This, I don't know what the hell you call it. But Plus, yeah, the 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 female lead, Mariah Sorkas, an Argentinian actress, with is a monkey, topless, the whole time. Like <laughs> the whole her, time. Her, her character is unselfconsciously topless the sorceress isn't she she uh yeah. yeah and she has a little loincloth and uh, this actually this little open <laughs> this little open diaphanous robe that is always open and her boobs are out there the whole time i was waiting for her like get dressed like oh he humiliates me blah 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 you know because she gets rescued from one of the war no no she hadn't put anything on that was she is something who she is yes she is and it uh but it was it, so. It is a classic of the '80s cheap ripoff uh, fantasy movies. Right. Thank you, Roger Corman. A- after Conan came out, there were a zillion of them. Oh yeah, Corman jumped on that bandwagon like nobody's. But it's so funny because then I remembered Battle Beyond the Stars. Yes, which is uh, a Seven Samurai riff mm-hmm. that Corman did uh, after Star Wars. It just amazing. Amazing. That is a hell of a movie. Plus, has the boob ship. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Richard Thomas. Yes. That oh boy. he actually he actually does a pretty good job with this pulpy fucking script that most guys would would actually break themselves trying to deliver those lines. It's it's mind blowing. It's actually mind blowing. It it's weird because Corman, uh, you know, he he actually manages to turn out strangely fun i mean death race 2000 is a fucking classic that movie is amazing and but anyway um so yes i was watching that and i'm like i'm gonna talk about this on geek shock if i remember i did it i'm glad you remembered yes um my uh my it's important okay very important (laughs) Definitely important. My uh, the um, Baker's Alley Comic Festival. I can finally say announce it that uh, I did the artwork for them this year. You did so the, the artwork the, for the Vegas Valley. Comic so the book stuff is going to be on the buttons and the posters and stuff is me. All right, that's the so, one that's in November. Yeah, fantastic, yeah. awesome. So that's oh, out so there. not the one that just passed. No, the one that's okay. November. The one that's coming up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that he wants to make sure we actually cover something before it happens. <laughs> right. <for once. laughs> you know, like like maybe something we might appear in. Right. Too. <laughs> Speaking of something before it happens, I'm wearing my Tim Capello shirt. Whoa! Today, whoa! Tim Capello being the uh, the upper half naked saxophone player from the Lost Boys. Oh yeah, right. I still believe. Sure. Right. Uh, he's coming to Vegas. No. To Uh-oh. tour Uh-oh. for Uh-oh. his album, Tim Capello. Uh, I can't remember what the album's called. It's sitting on my shelf. Didn't he call it Bare Chested Sax? Something like that. Wow. He should. On, Isn't it right on your shirt, the name no, of the album? No, I still believe is his song, but not the shirt. Uh, the album's over your left shoulder there. You can probably see it. It's too red versus black in the dark for me Blood to on the reed? Blood on the reed. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Wow. Hold on, hold on. You can't read that from where you're sitting? No. You blind bastard. 
<laughs> age is a terrible thing. Yeah, thank you. So, thank you. So when is that? That is on August 17th at the Rio. He'll be in Las Vegas touring for that album. Nice. And why is the song called I Still Still Believe? I Still Still Believe? That's what it says on your shirt. Well, he, he's because he hasn't stopped believing. Okay. Yeah. He's like Journey in that regard. Don't stop believing. Did you notice Kay's amazing No, that'd be shirt? like if Journey said, don't stop, stop believing. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Why? So the Geek Shock Book Club has voted on the book, and it turns out it's books. What? So uh, two books, they tied in the poll. So when there's a tie, we you choose which book you would rather read, and you can read it. Or you can read it, I guess. You read it whatever you like. You but don't make the, them read both? No. I mean, I you That's can. That's the incentive for the tiebreaker. He's like, if you don't break this tie, you must read both books. Uh, <laughs> no. Although, if you feel like reading both, as I will, then, then get crazy. Uh, and both are books that I have read and have wanted to revisit. So I'm happy for both. I look forward to it. I've already started reading the first one, Cyclops Road. Featuring me. By Jeff Strand. For those of you who have chosen that particular novella, it's not very long. Uh, do cast uh, Andy in the lead role. What's the guy's name, the, uh, the protagonist, the, the Andy character? Uh, oh, Wow. Boy, remember. it's really made an impression, hadn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love the character, but... Uh, All right, so Andy opposite Charlize Theron. And Charlize Theron plays the uh, the female lead. Yeah. Yeah. So cast the two of them in your head, and then for everybody else, do as that well. I, I know I have. Have you started reading it? No. Of course not. But I've cast, <laughs> my, cast it in my head, though. <laughs> <laughs> I actually actually have looked for it a couple times uh, when I've been to the bookstore, but I guess I'll have to order it now. You, you kind of do. It's it's a kind of a specialty book that's Andy has came out a few uh, years ago from an author that's kind of a mid-list author. Nah. And Andy hasn't figured out Kindle nah. on his uh, phone yet, which is probably best for all of and us. For anything yeah. on a stupid phone. Probably best I, for the world. I mean, you know. Books showing up in our uh, discussion threads uh, on, on texting would just be a... <laughs> and the other book is American Gods by Neil Gaiman. So choose what thou wilt, and the discussions open on the 8th, but of course join us once you're finished. You don't have to hurry to read it. That's on stars, right? Yes, that is yeah, on stars. That's why I can't see it. Nope. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Because uh, uh, some friends of mine are watching rewatching Deadwood, in preparation for the Deadwood movie that'll eventually they're going to put out, and so every time, every time McShane shows up, I just I I I now just love him on Deadwood, but I also think of uh, him as Mister Wednesday. Mm. So, whereas I think of Mister Guy from Psych. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, because I was because <laughs> I was wrong about who that who that role was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this show going. News you don't give a shit about. Yay. Godzilla's coming out very soon. He sounded more like Godzuki, though, <laughs> just now. He sounded like Andy Coffin. Andy Kaufman? Yeah, and he's dead. Thank, yeah. thank you thank you very much. I'm downstairs, actually, in the living room, <laughs> and I'm working on some stuff, and I need it totally quiet. So I'm just sitting there on my computer, looking at the screen, tappity-tappity, kits up there on the table. It's the gaming table in the, one of my gaming rooms. In the living room there, and I pause, because I hear this. 
I, I can't hear anything. No. And I'm like, no shit. I could hear Andy snoozing, snoring through the floor or the ceiling, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> the, was that where it, I was snoozing in the living room? You, you know, no, you were in your room upstairs. Okay, that makes more sense. And you, <laughs> oh well, there you go. I'm glad that's what you threw you. Boy, have you done a sleep study? Yeah, I have. No. Oh. Okay, we'll leave it at that. No, you don't give a shit about it. <laughs> a new word on the Hellraiser reboot. The franchise has found a new home at Gary Barber's Spyglass Media Group. After Lionsgate released the 10th entry in the series, uh, there, David S. Goyer, who has been writing Terminator Dark Fate, will write the script and serve as producer. This move brings the franchise back to theaters and back to its roots. The new movie will be, quote, loyal yet evolved reimagining of the 1987 original, and Pinhead will return. Uh, no word on who will play the character. Quote, I've been a fan of Clive's work since the original Books of Blood paperbacks and the Hellbound Heart novella, Goyer said. Having the chance to reimagine Pinhead and the Cenobites for a new audience is a nightmare come true, unquote. Goyer went on to describe his vision for the project as dark and visceral. So this is something you enjoy very much. So where's the other shoe? What, what don't you give a shit about in this? Uh, this is for most people because it's a reboot. I am firmly behind okay, this. Okay, all right. I am solidly this behind news this News you plan. give a shit about, but you don't I think anybody else does. I love this aspect. Because okay. they rebooted it recently, right? And it was kind of awful? No, that, that the problem is they haven't rebooted it. And... The only good movies, in my opinion, are the first two and parts of three. Uh, from there, it's a cluster of shit. How many other? Ten, That's I think, wow. altogether. Dave, wow. Brad, uh, Bradley was only in a few of them. No, Doug, he, Doug was Bradley. In, he was in most of them, but he wasn't was he? in the last few. Okay. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember him being beyond like three or four. No, he was He was in like five and six. and yeah, he's, okay. he, he kept going with it. Which was great paycheck, but the the movies have been terrible. But don't feel bad because two out of ten ain't bad. <clears throat> great. I started to say Dave Bradley. I was like, no, it's Doug Bradley. But yeah, the, if if anything deserves a reboot, I I think this of the horror franchises needs it. All right. Retell that first story. That first story is great. Bring it up to date. Uh, play with the Cenobites a little bit because Pinhead is is the one you need to keep. But everybody else, get creative. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then from there, branch the story out in a new fashion with new writers who give a shit. Because mm. a lot of this stuff that they've been cranking out is by people who seem to not. Mm. To basically say, we have this word Hellraiser that can make money if we put words on a page. So get some monkeys and have them start typing. If I remember correctly, the, the Constantine book was supposed to be called Hellraiser, and they had to change it because of the Clive Barker books. Uh, perhaps the by the way with Hellblazer. Yeah. yeah, could very well be. I don't know. Hell, huh. Ra- Hellraiser makes a lot more sense for Constantine. Sure. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, monkeys? Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I'm firmly behind this, and David S. Goyer's got a lot of clout in sci-fi horror. So yeah, I'll take it. All right, I'll very much take it. Uh, news you don't give a shit about. Mm. According to Deadline, 
Uh, director F. Gary Gray is said to be developing a Saints Row movie. Uh, Gray would direct while Greg uh, Russo, the scribe of Mortal Kombat and Resident Evil adaptations, is handling the script. Uh, the four-game Saints Row franchise is a tongue-in-cheek response to games like Grand Theft Auto, where the street gang goes over the top with sci-fi weapons, alien invasions, and gigantic explosions. There's even telekinesis at one point, amongst many other superpowers. It's weirdo action movie from the, a director of a Fast and Furious film. So, uh, and no, it says nothing about beating people with a giant purple dildo. Not yet. That's that's you know that's you got to save that. <laughs> okay. Uh, no no word on when the potential Saint Roman movie would begin production. Okay. Once again, that sounds like something you would enjoy. I don't think it'll translate. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I I have to agree with him on that. It, it it's fun open world zany antics, but there's no story there. Okay. And the story they have to tell is just. Taken from other movies and stories. Been a bunch well, yeah, of I was gonna say the last one was that you know that's set in the future thing, and the story was just kind of bananas. Yeah. And by the fourth game, uh, the leader of the Saints, you're basically your the head of your Grand Theft Auto group that's over the top, has become president, and the Earth is destroyed by aliens, and you are taken up into a ship and broken out v style but this was after you saved the earth a little bit by stopping a rocket bl- it's it's nuts wow. but it's fun okay. it's super fun the game series only gets better with time in fact if you're going to play a saints row game play the fourth one okay third is third is good it's really good but the fourth one's better and each one just gets that much more wackadoodle so there are a bunch of violent video games that were made into movies like Hitman and stuff like that and none of them has really done well but they still get sequels as I understand uh, it's one of those it's like Hellraiser they do well enough to make their money back mm-hmm. or to be a decent tax sink for whoever wants to hide money okay. right ooh eight ball him too <laughs> I just remember the, the dubstep gun that was pretty like, like it's on the shelf over it's here it's right over here yeah. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. over your shoulder absolutely and they have the dubstep panic button over there from it too and they have established characters that continue from one through four uh, even though I could barely remember them as they go along it's crazy it's over the top and yeah Fast and Furious the later ones it's it's a good match as far as the over the top action would be but I'm not sure there has been a Saints Row game in over a decade really yeah uh, THQ, the company that created and released it, got bought out and went under. Hmm. So, I need to. The check. only the only upside I see with this is that hey, maybe they'll make another Saints Row game. Some someone out there bought the the rights for it, so it, I know it's that it exists out there. That is a movie. I got to confer with Duncan because Duncan mentioned something about Saints Row. Maybe something about Grand Theft Auto getting. Kind of Saints Rowy at some point. It, you know what? Grand Theft Auto could only wish to get Saints Rowy. Mm. <laughs> there is no way they could credibly catch up to the goofiness that is Saints Row. Okay, Saints Row 4 was 2013. So six years ago. Eh, not bad. Well, he said a decade ago, and I was like, wow, has it really been that long? Now, the first one did come out in 06, but then they were like every other year. 
something like that. If I remember right, in bit. the fourth Saint Row, you could choose the voice of your character, and one of them just flat out said Nolan North. Nolan North is the most prolific voiceover actor in video games out there, yeah. so much that he has a huge fan base. And if you choose the Nolan North game, it gets real meta because Nolan North knows he's playing Nolan North in this game. <laughs> it's ah. it's it, that's the kind of goofiness that game okay. plays. So I'm intrigued. I highly recommend it. In fact, I on the PlayStation 4, I bought it again and played through it again. And I can't think of another game that I've played over two generations. I seem to recall it was sitting in that tower of Xbox games. I think, uh, I think he gave me one of his older Xbox Saints Rose. He brushed that off. Play it. Right. It will love you back. You can have sex with every single uh, member of your, your group. Wow. Yeah. Male and, and female? It, yeah, and there's a special cut scene for each. Whether you're playing male or female, works out of the way. <laughs> wow. It's a very forward game. Wow. And that brings us to Weekend Geek! Yay! Of course, it's a little sad to begin with. Uh. You know it's coming. Peter Mayhew. Yeah. <sighs> the man who brought Chewbacca to life in the original Star Wars trilogy and beyond has passed away at the age of 74 in his North Texas home. Uh, while he was hidden behind a mask, Mayhew brought Chewbacca to life for nearly every project set in George Lucas's, George Lucas's sci-fi universe, including the mockumentary Return of the Ewok, uh, Disney's Star Tours attraction, and the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978. Uh, Mayhew was born in Barnes, South Wales, Southwest London, England, on May 14th, 1944. Uh, due to a connective tissue disorder known as Marfan Syndrome, Mayhew grew to an incredibly tall height of 7 feet 3 inches tall. In addition to Star Wars, Mayhew also made a number of appearances in other movies and TV shows like Terror in 1978, Dark Towers in 1981, Comic Book the Movie in 2004, Dragon Ball GT A Hero's Legacy in 2005, and Yesterday Was a Lie in 2008, and Glee. It was in Glee. What the hell did he do in Glee? I don't know, but it was in 2011. Comic book, the movie's kind of hard to count. That's just like a... That's true. It is kind of an interview show. Well, no, it's... Um, it's like a it's a it's mockumentary tr- style interview show. It's an attempt at being waiting for Guffman by somebody without this talent of... Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I somewhat recall watching it. I can barely remember. It's, it sounds like for a good reason. It's a tough watch. It took me like three tries to make it all the way yeah. through. Ooh. You trooper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't ever. I don't know if I've ever made it to three tries on anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would stop. I, I would just get like so exhausted watching it. I just. I would stop it like a half hour in, and then there are some. And then pick up where you pick left it, off. Yeah, exactly. there are some funny little bits in it. There's some funny little yes. bits where they they actually where it actually works, but by and large it doesn't. And and it it really fails when they try and get any serious get serious with it at all. Yeah, it's it's like the the bits that are funny are like the making fun of the stereotypical comic book convention style stuff, but at the same time, you, you, it's almost not funny because you see that kind of shit happen at conventions. So you're like, oh, that's funny. They have done some research. No, actually, they're making fun of that. So I'm not right. sure how there to are, feel the, about actually, that. The joke. parts I remember being funny were some of the um, voice actors sort of doing character work back and forth, sort of doing improv. The whole the whole, the whole movie was basically improv. Yes. Okay, that turns out well usually. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that, I think that was the biggest problem because they they had like a a like guide 
about what the content of the conversations were going to be, but they didn't have a script, so it, all the lines were improv. So it was it was a guided movie, right? But so they, they took, nothing they took was the written. Spinal down. Tap formula, but yeah, right. Spinal Tap waiting for Guffman but best not ev- show, right? But not everybody can be Christopher Guest, right? CBS has launched an all-new business division devoted to putting Star Trek in the palm of your hand via the creation of Star Trek Global Franchise Management. What? An in-house franchising group on a mission to branch out to podcasts, a new beefed-up website, and other digital avenues, unquote. While there aren't any specific details on what's in store for Trek in mobile and online, the deal shows how confident CBS has grown in the evergreen cross-generational appeal of Trek. And on the TV side, Network now has five Trek projects either underway or in development, including the upcoming CBS All Access series starring Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard, as well as Star Trek Discovery spin-off series based on Michelle Yeoh's exploits as Captain Philippa Georgiou. And there's also the main Discovery series itself now headed to a third season, as well as the Nickelodeon cartoon series, the more adult-oriented Lower Decks animated series in the works from Rick and Morty producer Mike McCann, and the ongoing Short Treks web series. Hmm. I thought you were, they were going to do that whole crazy marketing thing they did when they first started like sticking a Star Trek label and everything. It could. It was, could. <laughs> who's, who's to say it won't? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the team behind the production of all of these things is sound, and uh, the guy at CBS that's behind it, John Van Sitters, is himself a fan so he has been very selective about what does and doesn't get licensed, at least merchandising-wise, and a little bit in the television and, and, and so forth side. So I think the team behind, you know, I should say the gatekeepers behind Star Trek right now are very good. So I have hope for it, but, you know, history has shown us that they're, you know, are times when yeah. things go bad. So what you're saying <laughs> is they're probably bad. not going to bring back the disc gun that I love that looks like nothing like the Star Trek phaser. <laughs> but it was so cool. Or the Spock helmet. I don't care about the Spock. The disc gun, man. I must have owned 10 of those over the years. I kept wow. buying those things and losing them. And you'd have, you'd, well, you those could, discs. You could actually buy a box. Of the, you could buy like a box yeah. of 100 yeah, discs. Oh, well, yeah. My mom got me one of those, uh, the disc guns at a garage sale. And then uh, it, I, I think she got it for like a buck. Mm-hmm. And then um, found the discs at a at a toy store and what? bought those separately. Yeah, it, yeah, just like refill said. packs, man. Re- yeah, the refill recently packs. or no, no. Oh, this okay. is <laughs> got me all excited. Thirty years ago. Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. You're, you're like me shopping. I am frequently running through the store shopping for something that hasn't existed in twenty years. God. Well, that's the past. It's all a blur to Andy. Yeah. I don't know. Are disc guns ever going to come back? No, they're t- way too dangerous. <laughs> Nerf has destroyed them. Dangerous. Those disc guns were, I mean, you literally, I could, those. You could literally take an eye out with those. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, dude, I re- remember the Shogun Warriors we talked about? Yeah. The, 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 the one tall of them, robots that shoot things? One yeah, of the them fish shoot off. had, a, had a, uh, a disc shooter that was actually Ninja Starish. It was actually oh. a four point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Soft plastic, but still. <laughs> Remember the um, fail videos we were watching a couple nights ago? And one guy is pranking a friend, and his friend walks in the room, 
And he's like, hey, Bob, come in here for a second. And the guy comes in the room and he shoots a, a little Nerf. It's, it's the little Nerf balls. Okay. And he shoots little the pellets? Nerf ball. And the guy goes, <coughs> and oh. it, it shot oh. right in his mouth. I did not see that and one. That was like, when you watched with Vernon, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> he's like coughing it out. <coughs> and, and it was funny because it was typical bro prank stuff because he's like, oh, dude, that was cool. <laughs> wow. God. The big screen adaptation of Stephen King and Peter Straub's The Talisman has found its director in The Handmaid's Tale alum, Mike Barker. First published in 1984, The Talisman follows Jack Sawyer as he sets out on a fantastical quest to find a magical talisman that will cure his dying mother. A sequel to the novel Black House was also published in 2001. Chris Sparling from Buried is writing the screenplay. Also, Legendary is developing a feature-length movie around King's 2003 short story, Rest Stop. Uh, Alex Ross Perry from Her Smell has... I don't know that show. Her Smell? <laughs> That's what it's called. I bet it's, a, I bet it's great. Has been hired to write and direct. Get on the phone, Andy. I'm on it. The plot is described as a propulsive cat-and-mouse thriller as it follows the twisted journey of two women after a fateful encounter at a highway rest stop. What a twist. Originally published as an, in an issue of Esquire, the story would later be collected in 2008's Just After Sunset. Some of the great vehicles from science fiction are getting a special museum exhibit. Yes, I read this. The Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles is launching a Hollywood Dream Machines exhibit, which will feature 40 vehicles from various movies and video games. This includes everything from Doc Brown's DeLorean to the light cycles from Tron Legacy to Bumblebee, as well as cars from Black Panther, The Hunger Games, Mad Max, Fury Road, and Blade Runner. I'm actually pretty excited about this. The tour of the exhibit will be done via Microsoft's HoloLens headset, which will add some mixed reality elements to the experience. And the exhibit opened on May the 4th and will run through March 15th of 2020. Yes, so you have time to go see it, folks, but don't wait until the last minute. <laughs> yeah, that's you got, uh, what, less than a year to go. Yeah, like 10 months, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Her smell was released like two weeks ago. Oh. It was a movie. Okay. Starring Elizabeth Moth in a, in a 90s Moth. punk. Elizabeth Moss is a 90s punk rock superstar who once filled arenas with a grungy all-female trio. I'm on board so far. Uh, but apparently set term, now she's playing smaller venues while grappling with motherhood, exhausted bandmates, nervous, et cetera, et cetera. I'm still on board. I it like rock shows. It could be interesting. I like rock movies. And apparently there's a merch store for, for, for uh, the band is called something in the show. Something? Uh, yeah. There's a merch store for her smell? For something. Yes, exactly. Is it is that merch store in Japan? I don't know. No, it's not on, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vending machine. There's yeah. apparently a vending machine for the series. And it's all sealed so that when you open it up. Oh yeah, no, you don't. Okay. You don't. You don't want that. To, that to go stale, <laughs> dissipate, <laughs> I don't know. dissipate. Oh, how wonderful! <laughs> Simon Pegg and Nick Frost plan to adapt Baron Aronovich's *Rivers of London* into a television series through their new Stolen Pictures production company. Aronovich will serve as executive producer alongside Pegg and Frost. The Rivers of London follows the adventures of Peter Grant, a police constable turned magician's apprentice, as he investigates crimes involving magic and the supernatural. 
The first book, entitled Rivers of London in the UK and Midnight Riot in the US, will serve as the basis for the first season. According to Aronovich, they may put more than one book together for future seasons, and the first season will likely be eight or ten episodes. So, Caster Deadly spelled the series. Or, uh, uh, what's what's the Stormfront? What's that one? Do I know? I, I need Kay's help, but he's on his phone. Well, help for what? Stormfront. That's the uh, Nazi site. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the the book series this with the, uh, uh, with the Billy ma- Joel album with the magician in Chicago. Oh, Dresden. Yes. Oh, the Dresden Files. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I need Kirsten's help on this. Oh, three of you to come up with the title. <laughs> I, I got. I got a. I got, had a wife moment. It's just like ba 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 ba. Oh shit! A question. <laughs> The comic book graphic novel industry reached a new high point in sales last year, according to a report by ICV2. In U.S. and Canada alone, comics and graphic novels raked in about $2 billion in revenue, $80 million more than 2017. Ooh. The figure was possible thanks to gains in book channel and digital sales, compounded with crowdfunding sites, which were counted for the first time. Book channels, just another way of saying change stores, uh, online retailers, book fairs, etc. Uh, sales from those sources were up by double numbers, mainly thanks to the availability of graphic novels for children like DC Zoom and DC Inc. Quote, a historic shift is playing out as the market grew, primarily in the book channel in 2018, said ICV2 CEO Milton Grape. While comic stores are still the largest channel, they represented less than half the market for comics and graphic novels in 2018 for the first time in at least three decades, unquote. Comics, graphic novels, and digital comic downloads rose in 2018, with the graphic novel format leading the pack financially by a large margin. Quote, after a brief downturn in 2017, the market bounced back last year, added John Jackson Miller of Comicron which also took part in the market analysis. <coughs> oh, I can hardly wait till they get sued. Tell them large margin sent you. <laughs> that's, that's been going through my head for like the last minute. <laughs> Popular releases helped right the ship in comic shops, even as other sales avenues made significant gains. And both ICV2 and Comicron look at and explore market trends for pop culture industries like comic books. I would love to know how much of that 50% uh, decline in sales was affected by like Amazon and online um, purchasing for publishing. And I don't just mean like digital delivery, but because I know that a lot of those online retailers now sell physical copies. So you don't have to get up and leave your house to go to the comic book store, even though I'm still one that loves that experience of going to the store, sure, getting the thing that I'm there for, but then browsing the store and maybe picking up another couple comics that uh, and there I'm are, interested in. Like grocery delivery places, there are yeah. comic book. Yeah, I think one of them is actually called Pullbox. It's a company that yeah, you tell them what comics you want and they send them to you. Yep, they do. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy convenience sites now that you can do that stuff. When you were working in a comic shop, did you did you have a customer whose pull box was ridiculously big? We had two guys whose boxes were two long boxes each. Wow. Wow. And they didn't just pull regular comics. 
they would pull graphic novels and stuff like that. And eventually, actually, there was some tension mm-hmm. because uh, they were, in many cases, they were keeping product off the shelves because mm. the uh, owner of the store was not reordering until it sold. And it would sit there in their box literally for a year Ugh. or oh so because these guys were so behind. Right. And um, uh, so there was no like limit on how long they could keep it. Be- you know, uh, there should have been, box. but the owner would allow some people some right. latitude. But eventually, they started cracking down, and it was really funny because these guys had like a year's worth of comics or more, mm-hmm. and they're like getting put out because they're being told, "Dude, you got to start buying." We organized it so this section is the oldest, and you need to start buying, or we're going to be putting it back out on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And they would actually get a little put out about that, yeah. and it. It was it was weird, but it was yeah. We, I, we I had, can't we imagine had, them getting upset about the fact that they have kept this product off the shelf, so they're costing the store money, we, and then they're getting upset because the store is telling them that if they don't right. buy it, they're going to put well, it back on the we shelf. Use, we use filing cabinets. We had one guy who had his own drawer, but he was actually really good about it. And he felt guilty when his stuff got crazy. Mm-hmm. I still yeah. remember his name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, do, you, do you remember your, the, these guys? Names? Uh, no, I remember yeah. their faces. Uh, you know what? It was really weird because they were very friendly. They were they were like a few of the people who actually bought me a gift when I was leaving the store when Aww. I was moving and stuff. It it you know it's just it it's kind of weird because a lot of those relationships get get a little kind of personal friendly. Nobody bought me yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it. It, uh, yeah, man, it, right now, this is bringing back a memory of one asshole who come in and he'd pull like $400 worth of stuff and he wanted me to pre-total it and he would do this on delivery day and then the fuck knob would actually like, I'd say, yeah, okay, you're looking at 427.36 cents and he would go in there and he'd pull out one graphic novel and throw in another, and they say, okay, what is it now? Oh, Jesus. And oh. it was just like... Um, and this take is, that total I gave you and subtract that plus yeah, tax. It was, <laughs> it was actually very, very And irritating. you were probably working with an actual physical calculator that had a... Yeah, yeah. yeah this is back this in the back good old days. back phones here. Yeah, and um, yeah, and just sliding the abacus, you know, click, click, <laughs> clack, clack. <laughs> and Jesus Christ. And then one time the motherfucker came in, he bought about $400 worth of stuff, but he, he played that fucking game with me for uh, 45 minutes. He bought his stuff. He came back an hour later, and he was like, yeah, uh, I totaled it up, and actually you overcharged me by blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. So I, I recalculated, and I'm like halfway through doing all this shit again. And the, 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 the son of a bitch actually says, yeah, you're lucky I don't work with the board of trade or something. You could like, you know, get in trouble for uh, for overcharging and false pricing. And at that point, I was like, okay. And I did a no more holds. He had to come in and buy, and he was kind of aggravated at that. And then the manager who succeeded me after I left, I think it was like two months, and he banned him. Because he's just like, fuck you, I don't even want your shit, go away. And 
Don't be and a dick. It, you know, because the guy was just, he really was one of those entitled bastards mm. who was like, once or twice a month, I'll be dropping a couple hundred dollars paying uh, paying one month's rent for you, you know? Oh, so uh, you need to, I mean, you you can't, you, can't you even, ju- and it was just like, you fucking prick. Mm. And it's funny because, I, I, you know, I never worked in a comic book store, but I am fully aware of when those types of people are in the store. Because yeah. not only are they obnoxious to the staff, but they're obnoxious to the people that are in the store. You know, they they'll they'll try to to you know talk down to you about like the selections you're looking at. Like you might not even have anything in your hand, but you're like on the oh, you're interested in that one? Oh, I see you have poor taste. And it's like <laughs> I've never had that happen. Oh God. They, yeah, they're some of these guys are wow. just, and then like when they do get up to the, the 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 cash register and doing stuff like they did to Kirsten there, they're just being loud and obnoxious. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just that, and it's it's like they have to have the whole room's attention. It, like attention, everyone! Yeah. I am an asshole, and I, I require your complete and unconditional. I think that's <laughs> I think that's an element of it because I remember one guy he threw a fit at one of our people. He just was a total dick. He left about. 10, 15 minutes later, I go on lunch break, and I went to this uh, food court that was nearby on the Chicago Loop, a lovely little Chinese place that I love to grab the uh, takeout, you know, and sit down. And he was there, and he was yelling at these poor Chinese ladies, you know, just being a, no, I said, and he's just like, and it was just like, she, this, everywhere. What an impossible human being. Thanks for the memories. No problem. (laughs) Brian K. Vaughn is on board to write the live-action feature film adaptation of Gundam that Legendary Entertainment had announced last summer. Mm. The film, based on the 40-year-old mecha anime and science fiction media franchise, is being produced by Legendary, along with the original franchise creator Sunrise. Brian K. Vaughn will also serve as executive producer. It was announced in December that Vaughn had inked an overall deal with Legendary to adapt several of his comics for the screen, and also produce original products for the company. So, Mecha Gundam style. It's probably out there somewhere. I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> so barring that, Brian K. Vaughn writing Gundam. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn. interesting, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I don't know a single lick about Gundam, aside from the fact that they have the largest section of a model hobby store anymore. Yeah. 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 But aside from that, I know nothing about it. It's funny. I always confuse Gundam with the Giver, and that was right. like yeah. a, a, an ultra cheap one that Mark Hamill was in. I think. Yeah, sounds and, right. Was and 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 I have. I every time I hear Gundam, I instantly go to Mark Hamill, half mecked up, or I don't know what the fuck it. was a nineties sci-fi the, show, right? It was the kid that that was the. The Giver, like the, it was the kid that was playing it, but uh, Mark Hamill was something in there. Uh, shit, my 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 memory is failing me right now. Oh well, who Join was the, the kid? Club. But I, I just remember it was the kid that that becomes like the eyesight. you know the mechanized it had, that wears the mechanized suit. But I just for the life of me can't remember what Mark Hamill's role was in that. That Gundam there Evangelion. Yep. Pacific what, what? Rim. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Paul just screamed. He doesn't even know why. No, man. No he's idea just why. like, ah! 
But that's right. He, uh, oh, Hamill oh. was a rogue CIA agent that was trying to. Uh, of course, he was. You know, I don't get trying back to his, you get, know get what? back his Corvette. Oh, okay. When a researcher at the Kronos Corporation is mysteriously killed, his daughter, her boyfriend, and a rogue CIA agent named Max Reed all suspect foul play. That's the... His daughter and his boyfriend? Daughter and her boyfriend. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Well, uh, hmm. Max Max Reed? That's no Cave Johnson. (laughs) And Jimmy J.J. Walker was also in the film. Don Mud. Great. And so is Jeffrey Combs. Stay to the right and stay. Don Mud. You guys remember that when they had the uh, celebrity uh, shit running all over McCarran? Celebrity shit? Now they've, they've got it at the, uh, when you're when you're waiting in line for to have the strip, be strip searched. Occasionally oh, you see a video okay. of a celebrity. But it used to be when you'd go be walking through, there were all kinds of recordings of Vegas celebrities. Yes. And when you were, okay. and when you were on the, the moving sidewalk... You'd hear J.J. Walker go, stay to the right and say, Donald I also remember there, for the longest time, as recently as just a few years ago, the uh, several Star Trek the Experience cast members were in a video at McCarran right, about right. Uh, uh, going through the security area. All right. Now, now it seems like every time I see it, it's Murray the Magician. Mm, yeah. They don't update those very often. No. Oh, Murray's still around, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's Murray the Magician. Vintage uh, Vegas, folks. Oh, Murray the Magician is relatively... He's a guy with a big, poofy, blonde hairdo. Like yeah, and if they got hair... Oh, yeah, he goes, he's the one that's at the Tropicana. That's it. Oh, it's not Cookie Jar. No, not Cookie Jar, no. Although, Cookie Jar performed relatively recently. He's got a show again. I think Matt King is the one that they always have at the airport. Uh, okay. I've never seen like, Matt King. I'd love to see Matt King. He's wonderful. I thought that he was the one that you went and saw because you had all that. Oh, no. I've seen him. I've seen him. not seen him on the video. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. In the video. <laughs> Thank oh, you. I thought that was clear. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to go that far, <laughs> but I know how to speak Andy more yeah, or less. Thank so. you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Audible will host a multi-installment audio storytelling event called Stan Lee's Alliances, A Trick of the Light. That's written by Stan Lee and Kat Rosenfield and created by Stan Lee, Luke Lieberman, and Ryan Silbert. Who is Luke Lieberman? Uh, I'm going to guess related to him in some way. I would assume so, yeah. Uh, the story has similar themes of humanity and technology to another of Lee's late-in-life endeavors, his webtoon back channel, Alliances, A Trick of the Light, which will feature Lee's voice in an introduction, is about a mysterious youth, Nia, who's mixed up with the Midwestern teen Cameron Ackerson. Ackerson is trying to be a YouTube celebrity, but inadvertently attains the power to see and hear a new reality which the nefarious organization Optic isn't too thrilled about. The story basically sees the duo becoming online superheroes, endeavoring to bring justice to technological spaces. That is, until a mysterious galactic threat puts humanity on the line. Stan Lee's Alliance's A Trick of the Light is available for pre-order and launches on June 27th. Any idea what it's going to cost? It's audible, so I have no idea. Okay. No idea. Have we run out of Stanley cameos? Does anybody know? Honestly. I didn't know that he had one for Endgame. You did. Because they 
mentioned that his one in Captain Marvel was one of the final ones he shot. Yeah, so I I think they must have shot the one for Endgame much earlier because I do know that um, uh, Brie Larson mentioned that the Captain Marvel movie was shot completely after she did her scenes for Avengers. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that he may have one or two more, but I think he's... His his cameos are all complete. That would be awesome if they just they just did a shitload of Stan Lee as a postman, Stan Lee as a counter clerk, well, I Stan mean, Lee serving ice cream in an ice cream truck, and just and he's one of them just going, whoa, yeah, exactly. And in every movie, you just yeah, we'll put that one in there. Like, I think did we do ice cream truck yet? All right, let's go. I think the technology's gotten to the point where they could essentially cut him out of sure. another film or whatever, put a different outfit on him, and then just yeah. have him, you know, be in the film. But I, I would I, love to see that happen. Digital Stan moving his with dead lips like uh, Charlie McCarthy. Uh, not not, not even is, necessarily is, having a line, just, you know, being present. You what's know? the term for that? There's, um, shit. Weird. It, no, no, it's oh. a, it's the manip- the manipulation of of uh video audio video to there's a term now for it that where you're you're creating out a whole cloth a totally false thing oh um, um I know Fox what you're news? About. no <laughs> no it's a it's an actual although i mean that's that is in the realm of it cuz i mean there's a software called deepfake that they there use deep for that fake. but deepfake is I think kind of becoming the generic term, so that might be what yeah. you're referring. That is to. what I'm referring to. Deep fake is kind of like band aids, or you know, yeah, yeah, and deep fake, yeah, deep fake videos. Bandages. They're getting there. Though, but, oh, they're, they're. I saw one recently that was used as a demonstration, saying this is how far advanced this software is, and this isn't even the most advanced version yeah. of it. And it was creepy because they put. Uh, it was like an Oscar um, after interview. And they completely took somebody else's head and put it on. It was like a different actor's head and put it on a female right. actor's body. And wasn't it Steve Buscemi? I think it might That's have been. That's the thing I saw. But that was just one example, they, and it's they, yeah. it's creepy. They put his face into her, so you actually see Buscemi with like long blonde hair and yes. shit like that. And I'm oddly turned on. It's right now. Me- <laughs> it's melded. It's melded Hi, pretty perfectly. But I, what I was saying is it would be great if they just had an archive of like another two dozen generic cameos. Right. Well, I know for a while there, they yeah. were just shooting like a bunch of stuff to have it ready even before they started. Yeah. That would principal be, photography on a lot of the films. Because it would be great if it's just like long after he's passed. And I know a know, lot of people... Original footage is showing up. A lot of people complained about it in Rogue One, but... I don't remember his cameo in Rogue One. No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about the the faking of the Force. Um, be we will always true believer. Excelsior! See now I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, the, the the actor that they brought back from the dead, and a lot of people through lost their minds about. Uh, it. Oh, Tarkin. Tark, yeah, Grandma Peter Tarkin. Cushing. So Peter Cushing's character. <laughs> I misheard you. I heard Grandma Tarkin. <laughs> Oh, my oh, God. Oh, she makes the best Darth cookies. <laughs> what I was trying to say is as creepy and not quite there as it was, it's possible in the next year or two you could have 
a digital Stanley yes, that we could put into the Marvel well, film sure. to, to keep the continuity. <laughs> I know, I know. You sweet D. You're far too trusting. <laughs> Vader, release him and have a Toll House cookie. <laughs> and Vader's sitting there with his breath mask. Uh, thank you. And he's just like. Uh, how do I eat this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Leave uh. the pie baking contest in our moment of triumph. You <laughs> overestimate their chances. <laughs> and that's when they start puking. <laughs> oh my god, that big game. We'll deal with your rebel friends soon enough. <laughs> pie. <laughs> X wings are zipping by right there on the windowsill. There's a pie cooling off. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma Tarkin, <laughs> Jeff, you 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 done created a, a phenomenon. <laughs> Did I there. finally get to name an episode? <laughs> Twice by my counts, because I was going with tell them large margin since. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, we'll have that to was s- a pretty good one. We'll have to save Grandma Tarkin for next yeah. week. <laughs> you know? Oh no, that's the name. <laughs> That one just kept cracking me up. I was like sitting there li- tr- listening to you read the rest of that article, and I'm just like, large margin. <laughs> the Dark Horse comic book Resident Alien will officially be coming to sci-fi. The series will star Alan Tudyk as an alien who crash lands on Earth and assumes an identity of a small-town Colorado doctor named Harry Vanderspiegel, only to face a moral quandary of whether human beings are actually worth saving. We greenlit this one, if I remember right. And then, I think so. And then, was it Michael Johnson? Somebody sent somebody sent us like a quip of um, a, a quip of the comic book with with voice actors going over it, and it looked really amazing. Described as twisted and comedic fish out of water story, the show is adapted by comic to uh, from the comics by Peter Hogan and Steve Parkhouse. The pilot was directed and executive produced by David Dobkin, who did Into the Badlands. The pilot for the series was commissioned last year. The show is part of a new wave of series that sci-fi is developing for 2019 and beyond. Was Tudyk attached to it when we greenlit it? No. Because I would have greenlit the hell out of it with Tudyk. Alongside a series based on Chucky and others, Resident Alien will join a roster that includes Deadly Class, The Magicians, Happy, Van Helsing, and more. Production is slated to begin this summer. And he just wants to say two dick. Two dick. I'm I'm literally to the point where if Alan Tudyk is in a project, I will watch it. At least give it a fair shot, just because. Did you watch Doom Patrol it's, yet? Huh? Did you watch Doom Patrol yet? No, because it's only on the DC streaming service. Right, you can watch. Well, I don't think you still can, but you used to be able to, you used to be able to watch the pilot for free. Yeah, and I missed out on that. Ah, okay. But Wait, uh, but yeah, I mean, when he did his con men, I thought that was great. Um, I haven't seen that yet. You haven't? Seen, yeah, it's it, they it's had him. it on Sci-Fi for a little bit. They had like all the episodes, but uh, it's him and Fillion, right? Uh, well, he yeah, Fillion guests on it. Uh, but Tudyk, like it was his creation, his um, his baby. I mean, he did pretty much every episode. Uh, whether he directed it or not, I will fong you. In fact, he is—he's uh, coming to the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con in June. Oh, excellent! Alan what so, a coincidence! I know. I just—it just, actually popped into my head. That's what it's about. Well, gentlemen, it's time to do something I haven't done in a while. What? 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 It's time for riddle red light, green light. Yeah, baby. But what's very special red about light. this red light, green light? It's all the shows already out. 
by this time, you think. Because this one actually has an introduction. What? What? Yes. Let's hear what? it. Yeah, we're going to put it right here. This this it was uh, created by Froyog Softsurf. All right, Froyog. And so he gave us two versions, one with lyrics and one without, but for this first time, we got to do it with lyrics. So here right. it is, the new introduction to Red Light, Green Light. Red Light, Green Light, such a fun game to play. Doesn't matter what you say, they're going to make this shit. That was amazing. That is great. Way to wow. go, Yoke. <laughs> nice <laughs> work. All right, it's time for red light, green light, gentlemen. It's got some pictures that have been on my desk for ages. Uh, so, uh, so let's uh, let's see what we want to do and which ones uh, don't deserve this cash because we're flush with it. All right, first one: red light, green light. Willow. The Warwick Davis starring fantasy epic from director Ron Howard and writers George Lucas and Bob Dolman is being developed as a Disney Plus series by Howard himself. Solo writer John Kasdan and Lucasfilm leader Kathleen Kennedy are involved. Howard said, explaining the series would continue the classic story rather than reboot it. Quote, I think it'd be a great way to go. And George Lucas always talked about the possibility of a Willow series, unquote. How's Warwick Davis looking these days? Is he? He's alive. Okay. He's acting. Sure. Yeah, I, he still pops up in things here mm. and there. The last thing I think I saw him in was one of the Harry Potter movies. I, I got a feeling that he's not going to be the guy going on the adventure in this. It's just the title character. Certainly. And they did a book series. Because I remember it came out. It says, George Lucas writes fantasy series. And when I started, I was like, hey, this takes place in the land of Willow. Wasn't there supposed to be a sequel movie as well, and that just kind of? I'm sure faded that away? was that was thought of because I don't think Willow did all that great. No, financially. Well, it's funny we talked about the Corman fantasies, and in many in many rem- ways, Willow was like a little bit more money. <laughs> it I, well, it was too I much, but it was too much money to make his money back. I remember liking the film. I don't remember much else about it, to be I mean, honest. Yeah, uh, I. I can't even tell you if I've actually seen the whole thing. Let's see. Evil Witch steals the baby. Uh, Willow hires Val Kilmer to get her back. Okay. And they go on adventure together. Little with, brownies with, walking with around little talking French. Yes. I remember that. I've seen that. Val Kilmer that. gets married to the bad girl. Uh, Willow has uh, some mishaps with some of the first time they use the morphing technology. Oh, uh, Willow, in, no. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, it's just, it's funny because Star Wars, I guess Lucas feels was derivative, but he mixed it in such an amazing way that it really became its own thing. And he did the same kind of derivative thing for Willow, but it really, you know, for me as a a fantasy fan, it's, (sighs) all the, all the sources are there and it's just, it, it, it's. I guess it's a fun movie, but there's just a lot about it as a fantasy that doesn't work. I'll green light it because my son Opie's involved. What? My what? son Opie. Isn't it Ron Howard? My Andy s- Taylor. He, he, he was oh, involved oh, in the oh. film. <laughs> is he involved in this? Didn't he say Howard is involved in this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's the guy I quoted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
It's, it's so. too bad it isn't Howard Phillips Lovecraft, because that's a willow I would want to watch. Yeah. I'll greenlight it, because I want fantasy around, but... Uh, oh, you're, you're, you're going to give it a glappy green light. Kind of. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I tentatively give it a green light, because, I mean, it <clears> seems <throat> like it's got enough people involved in it. You okay there, It Todd? is a palest shade of green, but it gets through. <laughs> I give it a, what is it, fuchsia? Puce? I don't know. I give it a knob goblin green light. I've, I'm knob goblin. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I, I, I loved this show growing up. I, I recorded it and watched it over and over again. I know it far too well. Maybe I should watch it again. It's not the best. No. Is it even available anywhere to watch? But it's also obvious that with the books, because I think there were two that they released, that they built a world. Okay. To to play in so. Question is, does, well, does Disney have a, feel it has enough clout to to bring in eyes to subscribe to Disney Plus? If we didn't bring you in with Star Wars and we didn't bring you in with Marvel, you Willow people, you come on this way. We got you. you. Willow, come here. <laughs> so oh, yeah, man. big old green, big old nostalgia green light from me. But that's probably not <clears throat> money view, well spent. Viewed through green colored glasses. Yeah, mm, like the Emerald City. All right, know. so green lights through and through, tentative or otherwise. It was green. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're All getting right. behind this one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's find out about this next one. Um, Wait, are we going to have Pudgy Val-, Val Kilmer in this or no? <laughs> Damn, Andy. <laughs> He was he was a little spicy before we even left the house. He's, a, he's in a mood today. Yeah, well, I turned on the beginning of Mammy Vice. And that thing was shite. Oh, my God. That was so funny. <laughs> the movie? Did I miss the beginning? What's going on? Are you talking about Miami Vice, the, the movie? movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Not to mention that as a person who has been involved in film in the past, they shot the whole thing on video and then... It, it, that it's very. Uh, did I not say why does this look so grainy? I it's did. It's very why apparent this? in several scenes that they shot it on video, and not even like the high quality cinema video. They stripped away everything that made the t- the TV series good. There's oh like, yeah, yeah. It, it. They completely the, threw everything out. And the TV series is essentially a long music video with cops in it. Right. From the eighties. Yeah. And this was. Uh, it it literally starts in the middle. It mesonscene. Start, it just starts in the middle, and, and the it's like the structure is killing Andy. He's twenty uh, minutes in, and, and they and haven't and done they any, haven't done any description of who these characters are at all. You know, there's it's just you know, and it's killing him. It's really funny. It's like it's missing know, the first like 20, 20 minutes. It, it's of the, movie. the whole give me the give me something different, only the same. It's just it's like when no 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 uh, different is fine. This was this was a different that wasn't working, dude. Yet you 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 you're only twenty minutes in. There is character stuff that comes up. I would hope as, so. As the movie comes along. Yeah. But it, it, I have my doubts for what play, I've seen so far. Yeah. Well, they. I probably won't see the rest of it at yeah. this point. It was, <clears throat> well, all right. they got your money. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> all right, red light, green light, gentlemen. Fox is getting its own version of Talking Dead. Okay. Only the show it's discussing isn't real. What? There's a new comedy parody, fandom-exploring talk show coming to Fox, and it stars Fred Savage. What just happened with Fred Savage will dissect episodes of The Flare, that's the fake sci-fi show, 
over half-hour segments. The show from Savage, Dave Jesser, and Matt Silverstein will go into cast interviews, set visits, and more for The Flare. The fictional sci-fi show adapts another piece of fictional fiction, fake author T.J. Whitford's fake sci-fi novel series, The Moon is the Sun at Night, which Savage fake loves. The not-real sci-fi show involves a solar event around a small-town Milford, Illinois, that turns into a battle for the very survival of the species. Fans can look forward to explaining that, no, there's not even a real show that's being discussed, and... No, they, they won't be able to find these books on Amazon. What Just Happened with Fred Savage starts on June 30th. Who's does this, who's, who's writing it? Because this, this thing really, really depends on the writers. Because Fred Savage does not have the comedy chops to so pull this off on his own. Those three names are all I have. Savage and so Jesser a, and Silverstein. So it's a, like a fake The Talking Dead? Yes. Except about, a, about another show that is also fake? Yes. Okay. Uh, based, wanted, on a bo- I, based on a book that's also fake. That's also okay. I just wanted to make sure I was clear cuz I thought I had I thought I was following you but I got a little lost a couple of times there in the description. Okay. Um the show is What the hell happened? What oh, just what, happened? What what just happened? Oh, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I, I what the hell happened? <clears throat> it's certainly an interesting idea. I'll give it a green light just to kind of see. All right. It's intrigued you enough to give it some money. Yeah. It's delightfully meta. I really yeah. like the idea. Because there's so, so many I'm, of those shows now. Yeah. Um, what? There's so many of those talking shows now oh, about, okay, okay. about other shows. Okay. Like, uh, you know, Discovery had one. Talking right, Dead's sure. the, probably the most well-known I, one. For a moment, I thought you meant shows about fake shows. and I was No, like, I meant... The? But yeah, no, it's I like the whole meta-ness of it and in fact I thought it was going to be a fake talk show about a real series so there's a fake series and now that it's based on a fake source that all that I like I like the whole concept so strong green light from me. I think the concept sounds interesting but it sounds a bit like an overlong SNL skit to me. Uh, and uh, I'm going to re-reference comic book the movie. I'm not sure these guys are the guys to pull this off from. Ah. Uh, I'm going to give it a red light. Unless they can come up with some, convince me they've got good writers and uh, somebody that has some comedic chops. I'm curious as what the overarching story will be. Not f- the book it's based on. Not the fake TV show. For me to get on board, there's got to be a a longer story involved with these main characters interviewing people. Do you remember the adult Fred Savage had a sitcom for a while? No. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> How much of it did you watch? Uh, two or three episodes. Or think about all it lasted. Did you see, uh, what did you think of his Deadpool appearance? Uh... They made fun of Princess Bride. Yeah, it was basically oh, was, that a, was that a trailer? Oh, was or a it was a PG thirteen cut of Deadpool okay. called Once oh. Upon a Deadpool. Oh. I didn't Andy, see it. Andy um, didn't watch. I didn't see it. He didn't watch PG thirteen. Yeah. Did you see it? They took Deadpool yeah. two. They they cut it down to appeal to quote unquote wider audiences, and then they recut it in a format like Princess Bride, where he actually brings Fred Savage in and starts reading to him. Did Did Fred Savage pull it off? Was and then it, it's was like, it well done. Yeah. And that's like another fourth wall break because Fred Savage is 
painfully aware of what's going on, but seem to not be able to do anything yeah. about it. I mean, I... Uh, I based thought he the, was really based on that. It gives me a little more confidence in yeah. it, but I'm still going red. I mean, Jesus, I'll give Fred Savage a pass because of the original Princess Bride. I mean, when a kid when a kid can deliver like that and 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 work like that, I'll always give them their props because it ain't easy. It's weird and different. I'll green light it for that. But what makes me nervous. And where I feel it's going to be mishandled is not in Fred Savage, but the fact that it's on Fox. And right. Fox doesn't right. deal with weird and different all that well. No, they don't. <laughs> there, yeah. That means that point. How many times did they cancel Family Guy? Fine point in itself, amongst other fine shows. They cancel it, keep bringing it back. <laughs> so does this call for, I look forward to when they cancel it after see, uh, uh, episode 13? Sounds, yeah. After running the episodes out of order. Yeah. yeah, and then it winds up going on to Disney Plus because it was Fox Studios that produced it, but oh, Fox Television yeah. Series, which isn't owned by a Fox Studios anymore, airing it. No, no, you know it'd probably go on Hulu because that's where the adult Disney things go. That's now. true, yeah. Because really needed to do that that serial killer wall, man. We really needed to put that together the uh, the the wall with uh, all the arrows and the pictures oh, yeah. and the lines going. Yeah, uh, Shock monkeys, send Jeff your spare bits and pieces of yarn mm. and uh, a box of. Cats. We're gonna put it right there on that big blank wall. Yeah, there you go, Andy. And as an artist, Andy hates that. And really, there's something that has to go there. <laughs> you could just paint a big mural for him, Andy. I really want your 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 crazy serial killer wall up there. That that would make me happy. <laughs> put it in the new house. Use your own wall. <laughs> I, I don't have a wall <laughs> or a pot to piss in. Right. Red light, green light. AMC is preparing to launch a completely new Walking Dead scripted series next year. The new show will focus on a pair of female protagonists. It will be the first to explore the series of the generation born after the zombie apocalypse. The still unnamed new series will join Fear the Walking Dead and the franchise flagship The Walking Dead, which debuted in 2010 as the third scripted series in AMC's Robert Kirkman-created Walking Dead universe. The first season will span 10 episodes. Longtime Walking Dead writer Matt Negrette reportedly co-created the new series with partnership with Scott Gimple, AMC's Walking Dead Loreverse architect, and also has been set as showrunner. So, the, the female-led Walking Dead series that takes place a generation after the current show's being run, Red Light, Green Light. So, clearly somebody thinks this franchise still has legs. Oh, they've doubled That's, down. Oh yeah, they've it's, they, they've it's got ridiculous. movies set up. They've 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 just they've we I think the announcement happened like a year ago. Yeah, they're like we are doing the Walking Dead universe with multiple shows and movies and other things. Andy, didn't you see the first episode when uh, Rick Grimes actually sees a zombie with no legs crawling? Mm-hmm. It, right. it, this series doesn't need legs. Good point. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hey yo. Then, then, then how are they the Walking Dead? Oh! oh, they walk on their hands. They're crawling. The crawling. <laughs> the crawling dead. Crawling dead. Yeah, that that'll be the sh- the uh, the sh- geek shock parody. Um, Boots, um, boogie and dead. The um, hopping dead on one foot. Yeah. Right, oh, right. I'm very Chinese. Yeah. Very torn because on the one hand, I feel like there need to be more female-led series out there, but on the other hand, I kind of feel like Walking Dead as a core storyline 
for series movies etc has kind of worn out its welcome that's just my personal feeling on it i will say so, the numbers have been going down uh pretty dramatically too yeah. like i don't know i i really want to red light it and it kind of pains me to say so because i like i said i think you know having another female-led tv series would be great but i i feel like i need to red light this i uh um, how long has Walking Dead been going now? Is 2010 it, was what 2000, it came out. So it's nine years. Nine years that is, yeah. That's if you don't count the comic book series. Yeah, no, I'm uh, just talking about the TV series. Because yeah. originally I was like, wow, you know, it focuses on the people and, and how they're surviving. And then w- at one point you're finally like, you know what? The monsters in this are not the zombies. Sure. Yeah, that's the whole and, conceit. Yeah. yeah, and so, and all of that was kind of cool. But then I saw Black Summer, and I'm like, oh, yeah, zombies fighting them, shooting them, blowing them up and shit. That's actually kind of what I'm interested in. And Walking Dead is not really, it's not really there in terms of the, the action-y part of... This takes place a generation after. Yeah. So I'm going to assume it's a world with less zombies at this point. Exactly. And, you know, probably everybody's developed a tradition of burning bodies when they die because everybody has the infection, or supposedly. Right. Uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, uh, you know what, though? I'm a straight white male, so I don't want to seem like one of those YouTube guys railing against SJWs. So green light. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you gonna be progressive or regressive? Oh shoot! Uh I just have no interest in The Walking Dead. I, you know, can we can we resource this money and do a real decent version of World War Z instead? <laughs> I don't know that you can ever truly do a movie that will do the original source material justice. You don't want to do a movie. You want to do a series. You want to do a series where you're not following, yeah. where you have uh, the interviewer right. interviewing people, and he's the only character that's through the whole series. Yeah. You see him interview, begin the interview at the end of the thing, and you see him at the end of it wrapping up the interview. And it then, should be like a series of long 60-minute segments. Yeah. Yes. And, and With intercuts footage. And some of them shouldn't, but no, it should be, I, I would say, just you start off with the interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you could drop back in the interview. Every it night is night. a visual medium. But I think you could even go uh, like a start the interview and then do a two or three episode arc and then go back to the interview. You know, it, it, I like your idea, Todd. And what's so funny about it is if we did that, it's like the makers of the World War Z movie would probably not even notice. But Max Brooks could quite probably sue us (laughs) (laughs) because it's so much closer to the original source (laughs) right you know we don't even have to take his stories characters nothing just do our own stories and everything but the format the lawyers will come after us how about if we were we replace the interviewer with the guy from ant-man pinya (laughs) yeah pinya oh my god oh my god oh andy holy shit now i want to see him I want to see him tour just like reading books. <laughs> and could you g- just give him World War Z and it's like, dude, read it in that style. Oh, my God. Not read it in that style, but summarize it in that style. Oh, yeah. man. Pena is walking dead. And I'm all Pena's like, hey, World you want to be best friends? And I'm like, he's like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> so was that a red light or green light? It's a, It's a... 
it's a it's a red light, but it's a sad red light. I really I want it to be better than it is. Now I want to go back and watch uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry they never actually did a uh, 22, 21 movie recap mm-hmm. with him doing it. That would have been to, amazing to set up Endgame. That was that was a mistake. That somebody somebody started Kickstarter that. See if we can talk him into it. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and green light this one. I'm. I still don't think that the Walking Dead's lost all of its legs. So we're split then. Is it two reds and? Oh God, we two need greens? the shock monkeys to yeah. decide. There yeah, it is because we got no Canadian. Yeah, I, I can give you his vote. No. Yeah. No. yeah. Red. <laughs> Pretty much. Fuck that shit. He doesn't even need a proxy. You just I win. red. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Next time he's going, just set up a chair with a red strobe light just going around the circle. <laughs> That's right. All right, got time for one more. Okay, then. Let's do it. Red light, green lights. Green light. Sci-Fi ordered pilot episodes of the video game-centric Cypher and the Lorne. Oh, there's two in this one. So here's, here's a twofer. Cypher and the Lorne Michaels produced comedy future cult, future cult classic. All right, first Cypher. Cypher follows a 13-year-old gamer who has top-secret military technology implanted into his brain. The boy and his father unwittingly find themselves at the center of the next great war over artificial intelligence, reads the release's description of the central premise. Allison Miller from Strange Angel is writing, executive producing alongside Danny McBride, David Gordon Green, Jody Hill, and Brandon James. Uh, Peter Hoare... What was that word? H-O-A-R, Peter Hoare, (laughs) director of the Umbrella Academy pilot for Netflix, is locked in to direct the first episode. Tony, he's a fucking hua. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, Cypher. Danny McBride, what the fuck? Green light. Green light. Wait. Danny McBride from Land of the Lost, Danny McBride? Yes. The the movie, yes. Oh. Danny McBride was in the Land of the Lost movie? Yes. He and Will Ferrell. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's not a positive sign for me. <laughs> but he's done Danny plenty McBride of other... is is good in a lot of the he's things done that he's in. Of good things. Yeah. He did a good Halloween movie. Mm. So uh sure, green light. Sure. Sure <laughs> says Cypher. Cypher green light. No, so the computer wore tennis shoes slash Chuck slash war, uh, games. war games slash what's the one with uh, Dabney Coleman in it? Uh, Cloak and Dagger? Cloak and, Cloak and Dagger. Dagger, yeah. But that's he was the imaginary uh, friend in that. Oh, man. A very, very tentative green. Right. It's right on the edge, man. Right on the edge. It's a razor thin green. I'd Just because they haven't done this in a while because Chuck was, what, 10 or 12 years ago now. Yeah, and now he's been Shazam. off the air for like, yeah, 10 years. Oh, was that say- him? That was him, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're just now getting the fact I that just, Zachary I d- Levy played both Chuck and the adult version of Shazam. A- and he also was the voice of Flynn from our, our, uh, our Disney discussion last week. Yes. Flynn Ryder is uh, Jack Le- Zachary Levy. Yes. That makes sense. I... Because I, I only watched a couple episodes of Chuck. Oh my uh, God! You need to watch that whole series from the beginning. I prob- I probably will because because of um not necessarily for him but for um, uh Baldwin. 
I went to Comic-Con and was in the panel for the pilot of Chuck before it ever went on the air. And I fell in love with the premise then. The cast played off each other very well on stage. And then seeing the TV show, I loved the TV show all the way up to the end. In fact, we interviewed the cast a couple of times on the Ugly Couch show. And they were fun interviews. So so was Zachary uh, Levy... I remember being a little tiny skinny kid in the truck. Is he he's really a tall, tall, skinny kid? He's a tall, skinny kid. So is he buffed up, or are they have yes, a big rubber suit? He, uh, I, there was like some Men's Health magazine where he talks about his workout routine, and it was, I th- if I remember correctly, he's suffered from depression most of his life, and exercising was one of the things they told him would help with that, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they tell me that too. <laughs> mm. All right, here's the oh, where's my red light? I'm not interested in this one. This no, not at all. Me. Oh, so we barely won? Yeah. Okay, good. Now, the other one is the comedy produced by SNL creator Lorne Michaels. Okay, first off. That's a 50-50 right there. He's still alive? Lorne, yeah, Lorne, Lorne Michaels. Michaels yeah. yeah. My God. He, that hell? man's never going to die. Oh. Future cult classic is a dark comedy set 18 years in the future. The series will follow a group of teens living in a community terrorized by a killer obsessed with 90s slasher flicks. The teens begin to track the murderer when they discover that they are being targeted. Shay Hatton from Ballerina is writing with Tim Kirby from Veep, executive producing and directing. So, future cult classic. So Lorne Michaels sci-fi comedy. All right, so, so let me do my Andy impression. Good. This is Scream, the TV series? No, because it is <laughs> hearkening to that. It's it, Scream meets movie 43. Oh, God, that film. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's obviously referencing Scream. I know what you did last summer, that, that mm-hmm. whole 90s slasher thing. That this is probably a bit more meta than that based on what I'm seeing here. It's always tough with any TV show that's produced by Lauren Michaels. Right. Because he's had some comedy gold, but he's had some horrible flops from his television <laughs> production side. Yeah. Well, no. Van Wilder actually did okay for the first one. It was the it was the sequel that, that bombed. Um, I kind of like the premise. It sounds fun. I'm already it's on board. Done it's well. like, it's... it's, it's Better otherwise, black comedy with slashers. I'm in. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm sure. gonna give it a green light. Green light. Now then, I will safely put a red in there because I <laughs> won't har- harm anything. But and the, you lose. Yeah, I just not not Is big. Is it just because you're wearing the red shirt today? That you're yes. feeling like you have to red light everything. No, it's because I'm Bob. Yes. Boy, you what's just your had to notice the <laughs> shirt. <laughs> what's, what's your Bob? Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. Bob's your father. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. <laughs> At UglyCouchShow. Bob's your father. Bob's your uncle. Grandma Tarkin. <laughs> Next week I'm Master Targo. 80s Jeff. Grandma K. Fact check, Andy. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Yeah, sure we will. With Grandma Tarkin. The Jedi are all extinct. Their lights gone out of the universe. You're all that's left of them, my friend. Would you like some pie? <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna make this shit